Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of the Healing Podcast. My name is Yana Rose, and if this is your first time listening, I would strongly, strongly suggest you start at the beginning, episode one, just to get more familiar with exactly what's going on here. Um, But Nonetheless, thank you so much for joining me on this journey of healing, figuring out what it means to heal, figuring out how to heal, and, you know, feel (laughs) at the same time. So, I, um, I'm still having a really hard time, you know, like, I feel like I'm still on this emotional roller coaster where, like, I feel hopeful at times. And then there are times where um, I feel hopeless. And um, it almost feels like I'm going between two realms. I'm going like I am traveling to the past, but also like trying to look forward to the future. And I'm trying to figure out how to stay right here in the present moment. Um, And I by no means am a therapist and know, like, I don't have the answers, but it feels like my gut is feeling like um, the reason why I keep unwillingly going back to the past is because I've never really fully voiced it. Um, I've never detached from it. I've been, I've, I've attached myself to all of everything that has happened to me. You know, I attached myself to all of the, the trauma that I've endured and, uh, my circumstances. And, um, it's really hindering me. And so, uh, I'm trying to work on that, on the art form, because I really do think it it is an art form. Like, I think it's wonderful for people who know how to detach so easily, because it's just something that I really struggle with um, in all aspects of my life, especially, though, in, like, relationships and, uh, and again, not just romantically, but just full-blown, just connecting with others. and. Um, I attach so much to other people's stories, um, to other people's happiness that, um, and and it brings me a happiness and, and I, and I love that, like, I have that skill to me, but at the same time, it, uh, it is more troublesome for me because if those things disappear, like what I'm going through right now, having everything stripped away from me. Um, are not even just stripped away. Life happens, you know, and things change, you know, Uh, and everything is always transforming and it's always moving. And so I'm just at that part of my cycle where the things that I have attached to, to bring me happiness um, are no longer going to like, you know, be in my experience. Uh, I find myself like, really lost. And I know I've said this before, but, uh, 
man, it's so true because if you were to ask me what makes me happy, I, as a grown woman, could not tell you. (laughs) I couldn't tell you besides the fact that I like to dance. Like I have no idea, you know, what gives, brings me happiness inside and, and also how to cultivate that happiness. And that's part of my journey now. But, um, so detach, detaching is something that I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to let go, you know, like everyone always says, but like, um, it's easier said than done. Um, and also being completely sober, you feel everything, having no distractions, which I'm, I'm very proud of right now in my life. Um, but it's the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. And, um, it just makes me, it makes me think about all of those people who, um, who have gone through all of these traumatic things. Um, and because we don't, we don't have the tools to, I'm, I'm included in that group. Um, it's just that I, I've taken a different turn, but because we don't have the tools to face all of the things that we've gone through in our, our trauma, our childhood trauma, and like all this traumatic, our traumatic circumstances and, and experiences, we, uh, we distract ourselves with sometimes good things, which for me, it'd be like working out or service for others, you know, like making others happy or, um, and sometimes it could be alcohol. It could be drugs, you know, it could be sex, it could be, um, you know, anything, anything can really be a distraction. Books was a really, really huge one for me. I could escape in a book and I talked about that as well, but, um, sitting in this, like sitting in your, your filth, you know, and those, and like remembering having all of those memories, um, just come to the surface and feeling the pain, man, it's really hard. And I completely understand why people like, you know, go off the deep end and they just continue to numb themselves because it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable to constantly feel this, even when you don't want to. And it's not like you can just switch it off. You know, the only way that you can switch it off is by numbing it by distractions, but really it never really goes away. It's just temporarily, it feels like it goes away. So then that leads to an, um, a cycle of just keeping yourself, yourself numb. And, uh, then, you know, that leads to your tolerance being super low and you going for the next best, best thing that's going to numb you from feeling what you don't want to feel. And so, I'm left here right now because my, my distraction of choice would definitely be, uh, cannabis and, um, maybe even social media, you know, uh, shows, TV shows and books. Um, I've completely cut that off right now where like, I'm completely sober for social media. I have a a screen limit set to 30 minutes a day and I hardly even do that. And, um, I haven't picked up another book. So not to say that like, you know, some of those things aren't good, but when it, when it comes to, um, you needing it, like you always feeling like you need it, uh, to sort of escape your life, that's when 
it just, it causes, you know, it causes worry. Um, and so I'm left here <laughs> to sort of, you know, sit here alone in my thoughts um, and my feelings and just feel this constant pain. And uh, man, oh man, did I not know that I had so many tears, you know, like they just never stop. And um, I'm, I'm proud of myself for sitting, you know, with it because we got to get to the root of the problem. At least that's, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I haven't made it to the other side yet, so I can't tell you what works or what doesn't work, but I know that what I've been doing hasn't been working. And so, um, it's insanity for me to continue to do the same thing. And, uh, it's just, it's just not working. So I have to try something different. So I'm trying to be brave and just face face my, my sadness, face my disappointments, face, you know, all of the lies that I tell myself in my head and, um, all of the trauma that I've endured that like just remains within my body that I haven't really released. Uh, and, um, I think it's time to expose, you know, those things. I think it's time. And, and, and I think that's part of detaching and letting go is just getting it out of the body, getting it out of the mind. And, um, so, uh, man, doing the work is the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. And by doing the work, I just mean like, sitting with everything, with all of your thoughts, negative ones, good ones, all of the memories, the bad ones, the good ones, the lies that you've conditioned yourself to believe or someone else has conditioned you to believe. Um, And with no distractions, completely sober, nothing to numb, nothing to make you feel okay, nobody to make you, you know, nobody to coddle you and make you feel okay. Um, which I also think is like a human conditioning thing because when we're kids, most of us, um, you know, when we're crying, we have an adult there to coddle, coddle us and to make our problems better. Um, and to tell us that everything is going to be okay. Uh, but as an adult, (laughs) Things are a little bit different, especially when you don't have that support. Um, you don't really have much to lean on, which, which, you know, in a way is a good thing because that is something for you to go through. You know, it's, it's for you to learn from and to heal from and only you can heal yourself. So uh, I woke up this morning. First of all, I'm not sleeping well at all. I'm not sleeping well at all. I, uh, but once I finally got to sleep, I, um, I woke up super early at five and I felt sad and anger and disappointment and, um, regret all over again, like just processing those feelings. And so I had a cry session first thing in the morning. And one thing about me is like, how I start my day, I like to start my day super peaceful and ease, slow, you know, where I'm not rushing. Like that 
how I start my day sets the tone for the rest of the, of the day. And uh, that definitely wasn't the tone that I was looking for. But I just, I felt angry and 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 disappointed and just sad because um, I... I get myself into situations and really, really it's about like the connections that I make in this world with others. It's about the lack of relationships that I have, uh, the failed relationships that I have. And um, sometimes it's frustrating, especially as like a people pleaser um, when things just don't work out. And so, um, and led me to think about like, oh, why aren't, you know, to, to pity myself? Why is it that people don't show up for me? Um, you know, because when I connect with someone and I, um, I care about them, I go all out. I believe I go all out, especially, uh, emotionally. I am there 100%. I would even say like, I go above and beyond with that. Like, if you need me to be there, I'm going to be there by all means necessary. And so when I do these things, it's not necessarily to, like, I'm expecting to receive it back. But um, further, you know, when I when I got to thinking about it, um, I had been showing up for others, how I want, you know, people to show up for me. I want, you know, relationships to be reciprocated to me because, you know, that's what we're told to, to show up how, you know, to, to do on others, how you want others to do onto you. And, um, and it wasn't working for me. Like there have been so many relationships where it's just been so unbalanced where I'm giving more, but um, when it came to like the other end, it just, it was that teeter totter. I was, I was way on the floor and they were way up high and it's just, it just, the balance wasn't there. Um, and I know that this all stems back to, you know, childhood trauma all goes back to like how you were raised, the experiences that you have gone through. And I think very on for a uh, very early on for me, I was taught through the actions of my parents that um, to be the sacrificial lamb, you know, that I was someone that could be, you know, sexually abused at the expense of pleasure, that I was someone that could be physically abused at the, at the expense, you know, of their anger or frustrations, um, that I didn't really have a say in how I wanted others to show up for me because it was just automatically taken from me. Um, and that, and, and just, just, just a sacrifice you know, to sacrifice myself that I didn't come first. I came last if I even came at all, you know, like if I even mattered at all. 
Um, and I can think of like so many experiences as a child where, where, you know, that conditioning happens, you know, with my dad and his sexual, you know, uh, you know, urges or whatever he was going through and using me to fulfill that, you know, at any cost, no matter the effect that it has. Um, and also, you know, furthermore, not telling the truth when it was time to tell the truth, because, you know, he wanted his family, he wanted his dignity, his reputation to be intact. And, uh, also, you know, and also me feeling like I could be thrown away if I wasn't exactly what that person or a per or, you know, whoever I'm connected to needed, uh, I learned that from my parents. I needed to be quiet and needed to not say anything and allow him to do whatever he wanted to do to me. And with my mom, I needed to be quiet. I needed to not say anything or she was going to give me a black eye or she was going to throw me out, throw me away at a very young age, which happened continually over and over and over again. Me being thrown out or even to the point where like, if I didn't want to watch my younger brother, she would lock up the refrigerator and put a sign saying like, if you don't want to watch my kid, then you can't eat anything in my house. And I was 13, 14 years old. So very, very early on, I have been conditioned to believe that like, I don't matter. My voice doesn't matter. You know, my feelings don't matter. I don't really have like, I'm not deserving or worthy of anything. And I think that has trickled down into my life as an adult. And I think it's sort of, it's been this way because I never allowed myself to really process it and think because I've always found distractions. I've always numbed it and suppressed it and just kept moving forward, turned the other cheek. And now, you know, going through what I'm going through, where I have no choice but to, but to face my reality in the forest with nothing around to distract me or nothing around to numb me, um, it sort of forced me into this healing. Uh, now, with with relationships now, currently, and so like. I think a lot of times I I place so much accountability on myself. Like I hold myself accountable for like the things that happen to me. I'll find a way to to really put myself down and understand the other person and put their, their feelings first. Again, it comes from that conditioning of sacrifice. And uh, I realized I've been doing that in my adult relationships where like, even in the first episode, I was saying like how I felt like my relationship was perfect. And, uh, you know, I felt I came up short and in a lot of ways I have, but at the same time, like I want to hold grace. I want to give myself grace. Um, because like, you know, it's, it's, it's not all just on me, you know, like I know that I have a lot of good also that I brought to that relationship. But what I think happened was that like on the outside, 
on the outside. And before I even say this, I want to say that I definitely see myself getting better at, you know, forming relationships and connections and, and, and my discernment is getting better because that man is like, he was amazing. I'm so, so I don't regret anything. Like I am, I'm, I'm appreciative of the lessons that he has taught me and the agreement that we have, because technically, like, really, if you think about it, that's, that's what it is on like a soul level. Like we had an, we come and we form an agreement when we decided to connect, to teach each other certain things. And so I want to say that first, like coming from what the relationship that I was in that first marriage, um, where I went through so much abuse because I was familiar with it. Um, it felt normal to me and we were trauma bonding and I stayed in that because that is how I grew up. It was familiar. Um, I've definitely have upgraded, you know, I've gotten better with the relationships that I've formed. Um, because that never, that was never the case. It was, it was not that at all. It, there was never any abuse. There was in any way, um, or disrespect or yelling or any of that stuff. Um, but on a deeper level, I think that I, on the outside, I would, you know, declare these things that I want and I'm looking for, you know, um, in a relationship, you know, but on the inside, it wasn't reflecting the same thing. And I truly believe that like, you have to be like, you have to model exactly how you want to be treated. You have to treat yourself first, you know, how you want to be treated to teach the universe, to bring, you know, to teach others how you would like to be treated. And uh, so for me, I was saying all of these things on the outside, but on the inside, I was still not treating myself right. I was not fully committing to myself like I would commit and then not fully go through with anything. Whereas like if it was anybody else, I can commit wholeheartedly. When it came to me, I didn't take it serious. You know, like I was, I'd be in it, but it was okay if I, if I came up short because it's me. Um, Also with like judging myself, you know, like I, I inside, I don't, I judge myself. Like I am very hard on myself and, um, I keep tallies on the negative things that like where I fall short, I keep tallies of that on myself. And so even though that I was declaring how, you know, what I wanted, how I wanted the universe to show up for me internally, I was showing something very different. And so I think that I attract that in, in my connections with friendships, with, um, romantic relationships. Um, I had a really long, long friendship that, uh, I felt like I was like really showing up for, like I was there, I I would be there for her anytime she needed me to be there. I'm there, you know? Um, and with me, 
what's difficult is that like, it's not like I'm asking anybody for like a million dollars or to like, I'm not asking for things that are hard to, to do, or at least I felt like it isn't hard to do. Maybe for some, if they have a lot of money and they're not emotionally mature, it may be easier to like, you know, give someone material things over like the emotional part. But, uh, in my opinion, all I wanted was like the bare minimum, which is support, um, you know, really support and to just be like, to be there for me. Like even, even if like, it's not convenient for you. Uh, and I think like in my friendship, we had, like, I'd stopped talking. Like I, I just felt very disappointed in the fact that like I had went through something very, uh, traumatizing. I am in a, um, I work in corporate America and I'm the only black girl in my department. And I went through something that was traumatizing with these people because they couldn't understand me, uh, and how I, uh, show up and express myself in certain things like with my hair or, or whatnot. And, uh, um, they ended up pulling my hair off. Like I had, uh, I had on like extensions and they ended up pulling them out. Like, Oh, you need to wear your natural hair. That means that you don't love yourself and all of this. When in, you know, there are so many black women and even white women who put extensions in their hair just to express themselves creatively. But, uh, you know, we all come from different perspectives and, and, um, some people haven't been around, uh, black people or, you know, some, and some black people haven't been around white people. And so it's hard to understand their worlds and that, what that is what was reflected. And so we were all drinking and my hair, they pulled off my hair in front of everybody. And I'm the only black woman there. And it was traumatizing for me. I cried and, uh, and I really needed a friend. I, I, and it's, it's hard for me to say like when I need support, I normally don't because I automatically assume I'm going to be disappointed or I don't want to get in anybody's way. I don't want to inconvenience anyone. I always try to live my life small. And it's again, because of childhood trauma to just stay out of the way because, you know, I, with my mom, I was always put out, you know, like whenever I became something she didn't want to see or be around, I was thrown away. And so I was trying not to, to be that for anybody. So when I do reach out, um, it's like a big deal and it takes a lot. And so I reached out to this friend and this friend was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to give you a call or whatever. And now before this, and whenever this friend needed like emotional support, like you could count on me, but, um, she had never called. And so I ended up going through that, you know, by myself, which is fine. Again, it goes back to like me looking at external things and people to make me happy, um, to save me in a way, I guess. And, uh, but it, it really disappointed me. And, um, I just, instead of voicing that, I just stopped reaching out and I didn't respond to this friend. And, um, because I don't know, I guess it just really, that, that just really, it really affects me. 
And so, uh, yeah, I feel like I have this thing where it's like, I don't ask for much, but it's like the one thing that I'm looking for is the one thing that I'm looking for is to be, is to have someone there for me at my lowest, you know, I support or like, even if it's an inconvenience, just to know that there is somebody out there to help, you know, who, who cares about me in that kind of way. And so, um, I think I've been like, I, I would say what I wanted, but then within, because I hadn't done any healing, I, I was definitely giving off a different energy because I wasn't giving that to myself. I wasn't fully committed to myself. I wasn't there for myself. I wasn't supporting myself. I wasn't kind and graceful to myself. Um, and I would, you know, disregard the thing, like how I would feel, you know, especially on account of another person's feelings, you know, like if, if, if I didn't want something and, and I had somebody that I cared about and they wanted something else, even if I didn't want that, I would go along with it. And to me, that's just disregarding my own feelings altogether. And so I think a, a lot, like as I reflect on, you know, the connections that I've had with others, as I reflect on that, I think a lot of my connections sort of reflect how I feel within. So last night, I'm just, or actually this morning, I'm just crying my little eyes out. Just like, oh, why can't nobody just be there for me? Like, it's so simple. Why can't anybody just like look outside themselves and see that I'm hurting and, you know, support me, you know, like, even if I come up short, why can't you still love me? Well, I'm asking all these questions, but what's ironic about it is I can't even do that for myself. And, um, and that's what those relationships were doing. They were reflecting that they did exactly what they were supposed to do. The agreements that we had, you know, that's, they, they did their job because now I'm sitting in this space where I'm like, oh, I get it now. You know, I have to be that for myself. I have to like model that to the universe truthfully within before I could ever receive that from anybody else. People are only going to like treat you how, you know, you treat yourself. I, I, I disregard my feelings all the time. There are, you know, connections or relationships that I've had where like, I felt if I wasn't somewhat perfect and I know that I could never be perfect, you know, like I know that perfection doesn't exist, but I just mean like perfect in the eyes that like was convenient for them. If, if I, if I fall short, then, uh, then, then that person didn't want anything to do with me or like they would, the, the way that they would, um, react to me was like, they could completely turn off their emotion. And, um, I really struggle with stuff like that because that's where I come from. You know, I didn't want to babysit. So, Hey, you got to get out of my house or you can't eat, um, food in the refrigerator or whatever, you know, like if, if I am not who you want me to be, you know, if, if, if it's not always like in a, in a happy sense, then, 
I'm, I'm done with you in a way. And not, and not to say it like that dramatically, but that's how it felt. It's like, I can be emotional with you as long as you are like this, but you can never fall short or you can never, you know, inconvenience because then that's off the table. And, uh, I realized that I need like stability. I need like security because like I said in the first episode, like I have insecurities and I'm sure everybody does, but like what would help is to have like to feel secure in the connections that you form with others. And, um, because it was like, when it was good, it was good. Like, you know, but if I brought up something that may have not been so, um, fond or, uh, you know, that may cause friction, then I'm going to take this away from you, you know? And, um, it was like triggering. And so I find my, I found myself just like being angry first at the people, the two people, you know, mainly they're, you know, first at the people I'd say, um, for how they show up for me, but then at myself to hold myself accountable, not in a way where I'm just putting, I'm putting all of the fault on my back because it's not, but in a way where it's like, well, do you give that to yourself? And still, are you looking towards, you know, other people, external people, external things to fulfill you instead of you doing it yourself? You're trying to bypass that and it just doesn't work like that. And um, so I guess I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the, uh, for the lesson. And I'm, and again, I'm, I have to keep going back to like being sober because like, I would have never, never like come to this realization had I like been numbing myself. I just would have suppressed it and kept on going with my life and possibly continued a pattern of, um, connecting with people and, and, and having experiences that where, you know, it's, it's not, it's not in my best, you know, interest. Like this is just making me like sort of sit, hold myself. I'm accountable because I'm attracting, you attract, you know, the things and the people that come into your life, which I'm grateful for because those souls are so beautiful like even in in spite despite the situations we've gone through those souls that I've connected with are so beautiful and and in a way I think that I you know it's on me because I self sabotage and maybe it's just subconsciously I self sabotage because it's like I will look beyond the red flag red flags and, um, and still go for, you know, still continue walking, even though it's a red, there's a red light there, you know, I'll still, oh, I can still go, you know, um, and give it my all and invest in, in, you know, others and, uh, knowing, like knowing in my gut, knowing in my intuition that like, 
this person may not have the capacity to hold space for you in the way that you would like them to hold space for you. Like mentally, they may not be in that space to be able to do that for whatever they've gone through because it's not just me in this world. Um, so I think on some level, I, I do self-sabotage because it's that feeling of like not feeling worthy or deserving of like the, the, the connections that I truly desire. Um, and so I just, I get the bare minimum because I've been conditioned to do that, you know, like where you get so much bad. And so like, there have been times where my mom would be horrible, you know, but then, and you, you know, when it's going to be a bad, you know, day, you know, when she's like, you know, in one of her moods. And then there are other times where She's, you know, great. She'd play double dutch with us and all of this stuff. We would have like little club parties for my birthday sometimes. I remember those times where we'd have like little fake IDs and little fake daiquiris and stuff and music and it'd be a good time. And I would hold on to those moments even when I'm going through the bad, you know, like even when I'm going through more bad than good, I would hold on to that and the potential. And um And that's showing up now in my adult life in like relationships. It's like, I'll take the bare minimum because I'm used to not having anything. And sometimes when you're used to not having anything, you will take, when you're, when you're not used to having um, something, you will take anything. You will take the bare minimum. You will take whatever a person can give you because you're just desperate to have something. You're just desperate to have like a little bit of a connection or support or, you know, and, um, I guess I've just come to the realization of that. And, uh, and I guess this is part of the, the detachment. It's like, I can't put the fault on, on those people because like my intuition, like it's smarter than I give it credit for. And there's, there's always been moments and actions where like I'm shown exactly what I need to be shown and still I ignore it, you know? Um, so yeah, I had a cry session. I'm sure I'll continue to have those. And man, like when it first happened, I really just wanted something to just get rid of that, like discomfort. And I, and I had like anger and I wanted to like start an argument or reach out to these people and just like lash out. But as I began to just sit with it and cry, cry it out and sit with it, I just realized, like, you can't blame anybody but yourself. You can be disappointed, you know? You can say, like, you know, I really did invest invest in that relationship, but investing, investing isn't always, doesn't always mean that, like, what you put in, you're going to get out. Some people make investments that they never get a profit from. And, uh, and I don't want to like refer to relationships like that, but just metaphorically, it's like, if I'm giving all to everyone else and I'm not giving anything to myself and then I'm mad because I'm left over here empty and broken and, you know, just feeling sad. Can you really blame anybody? No, I can only blame myself. But what I can say is that I can take the lessons in this, you know, 
definitely stop. Like I'm, you can tell that I'm still looking, you know, to reach out to people to like, Oh, can, you know, to form connections, to just distract myself, you know, to not hold myself accountable and to put that on someone else because it's easier to do that rather than just like doing the work. And, and I'm glad that like these people are forcing me to do the work, even when I subconsciously, you know, don't allow myself to. Um, and I know that it's going to take time and it's going to, I'm just going to have to, it's like, you have to be repetitive with it because conditioning is a motherfucker. And so the only way to break that is to, to drill, drill the new thought, the new condition in your head. And the only way to do that is with practice and to keep repeating it. Just like if you were to play the piano or, you know, you're working on a dance and you practice, practice because practice makes perfect. Eventually you'll have it down to the point where you're like, you don't even have to think about it. And so every day, like that I go through these motions because man, they're just all over the place and it's so uncomfortable. Like I just have so much discomfort and, and sadness. And like, sometimes I don't feel hopeful. Like I feel hopeless. Um, But, like, I'm trying to have grace for myself. Like, I'm proud that, like, I'm able to still get the lessons, even if it takes me longer to see it at first. And I have to go through these motions and emotions to get there. Um, But here's to not, you know, here's to not attaching to external people or things anymore. Here's to detaching. Here's to killing that self-sacrifice mentality. Here's to killing the self-sabotage because on a subconscious level, I think that I do that. Like I go back, I I go to things that I know are going to hurt me. And that all comes from how I feel about myself within. Um, and I am, I'm going to start doing this, uh, meta meditation where like you say, you repeat five affirmations, like, may I be kind to myself? May I love myself? May I have grace in the world? Just like things like that over and over and over again until I drill it in my head. I love myself, like just putting things up that are positive about me. And instead of like looking to others to, to give me that, you know, cause it's so easy to, like I said, with, with my romantic relationship, it was so easy. It was easier to love myself through how someone else loved me, you know, instead of me, like just finding that within myself. Um, so here's to doing the work and man, sometimes it fucking sucks. Like God, it's so hard. This is not easy. Um, but I'm determined and I don't want to live the rest of my life, not forming meaningful connections and, um, also not advocating for myself and giving me the love and support that I deserve my, like giving myself that, um, So here's to 
continuing the journey. And uh, yeah, I will talk to you next time.